0: Morning, all. All right. Okay, we need to pray. Um, We we had a brief uh, moment of prayer earlier, and in that brief moment, God, um, Josh, (laughs) that they're similar, obviously. Uh, Josh, Josh Josh said, "Um, God, we we uh, we just invite your presence to come, and I said, Oh God, this talk is going to be a nightmare without you, and God said, You bet. Um, so, uh, we, we let's just really make sure we dial in. Father God, we love you. Um, and we deliberately open up our hearts and minds to, to hear you. This is not about getting our heads stuffed full of knowledge, but our hearts stuffed full of you. And and seeing you at work in us. We want to keep being changed to become more like Jesus. That's what we, That's what we long for. We want to keep being used by you, to bring your plan A for everyone that we meet, every situation that we step into. So we make that deliberate decision. God, my heart is open. Just tell him, God, my heart is open. Just let him know. Because he might not quite believe you. (laughs) Just tell him. And that you've pinned your ears back. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, Father. Well, one of the things, I, I love the beehive... Um, and have done since day one. And I love the team there. I mean, Becca, and and obviously it's not just Becca, she has a a whole raft of people, but she has uh, Charlotte and Karen as well, like holding her arms up when she gets tired. A little biblical comment there. Uh, But one of the things I really love about the Beehive is I remember saying to Becca probably about a year ago now, is it a shop in the High Street or is it a Kingdom Outpost? Because I think, I think that it's more, way more than a shop in the high street. The, the shop in the high street is just what the front cover is, if you like. And it's not, a, it's not a masquerade. It's not a lie. It does do clothes. And clothes matter, right? I mean, we all agree. Clothes matter. Do Yes? I mean, like, you should be pleased. Clothes matter right now. That's all I... You at home. You know what I mean. So... Um, So clothes definitely really matter. And all the dreams that the beehive has of of providing um, a place where people can come and find confidence to then step into work and overcome some of the poverty issues and get prayed. All those things, they all really, really matter. But people walking in saying, I need prayer. How long is it going to be before someone walks in and says, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to step into a relationship with Jesus? And we want to right now, God, speak out that we will see miracles like abundant miracles at the beehive, that, God, we see people walking in with cancer, and it's brilliant that they can die with dignity, but how much better that they walk in, and before they've even spoken to anyone, the cancer leaves their body, because it's like the cancer cannot be in that environment. It's impossible. And we pray for people's mental health as they come into that shop as well, that something breaks, the dark clouds disperse, that it becomes known as much of a place of miracles. Really weird things happen there. These incredible coincidences happen in the beehive. Those that kind of language. And oh yeah, and I got a new dress. That thing. <laughs> How exciting. And a great coffee. Thank you, Father, for all you are doing there. Are men. Now am I in the middle? No, I didn't think I was. Oh I am nearly in the middle. That's okay. It's a weird camera thing. I'm just feeling for James, helping him out at the back there. Okay. So until um, yesterday evening, this talk consisted of one word. And it was this. Return. That was it. Return. And I spent some time with God saying, I have no idea how to verbalise this because... There are some things you can explain using language and there are some things that you could, there, it is a spiritual reality and you try to put words to it and every time you go to speak, your words just fall short. Does, does anyone know what I mean? Even if you tried to describe, let's forget spiritual reality, well, it is spiritual as well. Even if you just said, someone just described to me what is love. Okay, now People have sung about that for years and years, trying to describe what love is. I want to know what love is. Um, okay, so people have done it for years, all kinds of songs about it. It's difficult to put into words. And what this is this morning is something that is difficult to, to articulate in the English language. In tongues, it'll be a whole load easier. So the issue is, is this. I feel that, the, that Father God is, is calling us to return. Return to church, maybe. Return to some of the things we were doing pre-pandemic, maybe. But the main cry from the Father is always that he wants our hearts. Always. Everything else is secondary. Everything. Everything. He is interested in our devotion. That's what he's interested in. So idolatry, which is spoken of as being a a sin in the Bible, idolatry is really anything that gets our devotion, that gets in the way of us giving our devotion to God. It could be a job. It could be a car. It could be your sense of public perception and how you look to people. It could be a number of things. It could be so many people spend time bowing their knee to a sickness. And the sickness gets more devotion than God does. And God has always been, always will be, We say it from from the front here so many times at Asher Vineyard. God is into relationship. He's not into rules. So saying yes to Jesus is about stepping into that relationship, being adopted into the Father. And that relationship, it's not about, I now am not allowed to do this, I'm not allowed to do that, I'm not allowed to do the other. I've got now a whole list of rules that I have to follow. And God says, stuff your rules. I've got something that trumps all your rules. And he, he speaks in, uh, through a prophet in the Old Testament called Jeremiah. And he says, I will come and put my heart in you. You'll become a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. And you will be inclined to follow me. Again, we've spoken about this so many times. Like in a marriage, the reason um, that you... Um, that you guard that relationship is because you love the person you're with. Not because there's a set of rules that tell you what you can and can't do. Ah, oh, I'm not allowed to kiss another woman. Tuh. can't believe it. so unreasonable, that rule. That's not how it works. You wouldn't go and Kiss someone else because you wanting to guard and protect that relationship and nurture that relationship and you're devoted to your other half. Well, in in, you know, hopefully and in theory. So the father, his word to us is return. And it's not a command, it's a heart longing from a father. It says, Come back. So this last year has been something that a guy called Jared Cooper... Do you remember? King of kings, majesty, God of heaven, living in me... That's Jared Cooper. Um, And he has written a fantastic book, actually, called The Divine Reset. And he describes this last year as the year called The Great Pause. And he also identifies in this book, which I haven't by any means finished... But he identifies in this book that about every 500 years, God doesn't start a new season of something. He ushers in a new era of something. And so we are on about somewhere in or around 500 years. And he supposes that maybe God is looking to not just usher in, I'm just going to do a bit of a new thing, but actually this is a whole new era of what we see God doing in the world. Because you know, one day the world is all going to get wrapped up, right? We can get so comfy in this environment. One day Jesus is going to come back, and what's more, according to many prophecies, it could even happen in our lifetimes, which is which is quite exciting news, I thought. But um, um, so anyway, <laughs> so this last year, this great pause. This taking a moment, this we've all been forced to pause really, whether we like it or not, hardly anyone's uh, life has carried on as before. Most people's livelihoods have changed in some way or their circumstances have changed, their friendship groups have changed, their job has changed, maybe they've lost some loved ones, maybe nothing even to do with COVID, maybe they've lost loved ones um, to um, cancer or, or other illnesses. But during this great pause, it's like God is saying, and I'm speaking to the church for a minute. I mean, if, In fact, for a minute, let's even just speak to Asher Vineyard. Let's not broaden it out. If you're from another church and you're watching, then by all means contextualise this for your church, where you are. But God, I believe, is inviting. Us. It's just saying, whoa, shh, stop. Pause, wait. All this stuff you're doing. All this activity that's going on. Spend some time reviewing it. Have a look. Is this what my heart is? It's not even necessarily that you're... This is now me speaking. It's not even necessarily that, that we would be doing something wrong, but you can, you can drift. Anyone in a marriage, you'll know that you can drift. And like, oh, I feel like I'm just not really very connected to you. And very often, you don't notice the drift until you've drifted, right? Right? Is is that not true? You don't normally notice a drifting. You notice a driftedness, if that's such a word. You're like, oh, I've I've, I've found myself over here. Wow. Okay, we need to we need to find a way to reconnect. So in Acts two. Um, apologies to those people who are hosting online. Quickly type this out. Acts 2, 40 something, forty two. Yes, there we go. Acts two forty two. Type that in. Um, It says this. So Acts 2, in Acts, um, what we record is the very beginning of the the church. Uh, Jesus has died, he's come back to life, and he's just ascending into heaven, has ascended into heaven, and then the Holy Spirit comes at what we tend to call Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit comes in power, and Jesus said exactly this would happen. So he's speaking of all the people who have now effectively, what we would call, said yes to Jesus. Um, Become a Christian is such tricky language, so let's just avoid that. They've said a yes to Jesus. It says this, They devoted, the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had, Everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I don't know about you, but I really like the sound of that. That sounds pretty cool to me. I mean the favour with people didn't last desperately long because there is something so offensive about the name of Jesus. It's that you can't speak you can't talk about Jesus and leave people grey. They go black or white type thing. Because it it, what Jesus what Jesus brings and says has an offence about it. He speaks of love, obviously. He's not trying to offend. But the message of the cross is one that is offensive. Even saying to someone, if you don't believe me, just say to someone, there's disconnection between you and God and sin is in the way. And then duck. Because these days, that just won't really get you very far. It's no less true. And thankfully, Jesus has done something about that sin, etc., etc. We know that stuff. So God is inviting us to return. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The believers were together. had They had everything in common. Oh my goodness, it sounds like a kibbutz. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued together to meet in the temple courts. They continued to meet together in the temple courts, even. Reran it in my head, thought that's not right. And I think that there is a a clarion call from God, and we were given this prophetic word about a clarion call, where God is saying, return, come back. Come back during this last season. And even before this last season started, there has been a drift. For many, many people, there has been a drift. And God is inviting us back because he wants us effectively to re-find our first love. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, I can remember moments where I have been so profoundly impacted by God that I have been left in tears. I remember once, um, Nick and I, a number of um, years ago, um, we were in... Uh, our lounge back in Westcliff, and something had happened. I think we might have just come back from church planting school. It's something like that. I can't remember what it was. And we came and sat in our lounge and we just invited God's presence to come. That was it. That's all we did. Um, I don't think Netflix was even around then. And we just invited God's presence to come and God filled that room, our lounge, And we were both weeping and we were worshipping. And in that moment, I could have been offered anything that the world had to offer. And I wouldn't have given even a moment's attention to it because I wouldn't have cared less. And that's just one moment. And I can list so many of where I have done nothing but just wanted to go and pray. And anyone who knows me knows I wouldn't really call myself a brilliant prayer. I know it's like confessions of a pastor. I'm not one of these people that just loves to go and sit at Jesus' feet for three hours and find it really easy. I was really honest with the key leaders yesterday and said that actually, um, while while we were worshipping yesterday morning for only 25 minutes, at one point during that 25 minutes, I started thinking about dimmer switches in the office at home. And that's okay. God knows about my dimmer switches. And, you know... um, And and that's okay. You just turn your your heart and mind back away from those things. Say, no, I want to give you my devotion, God. And, you know, he's rolling his eyes affectionately at me, you and your dimmer switches, you know, or whatever. I haven't got a dimmer switch issue, by the way. It was literally a one-off thing. I just, just don't need to pray for me for that quite yet. But do you remember any time in your life when you felt that maybe you were getting just a little bit obsessed with Jesus? And a bit like when you enter a new relationship and it seems like every situation you step into, you manage to work the the conversation round to talk about your your new person. Do you remember that? Do you remember that time when you were so caught up with who he is that it was like that was the only thing you ever seemed to be able to talk about? And worship seemed to be something that was so natural. It's not, it's not a big effort. It's like someone could just play a note on the piano and that's you off. Oh, Jesus. Sweet. And people are looking and you don't even care. And it's like, oh, it's me and him. It's just, it's just beautiful. I'm, it's, all right. it's all right. I'm just practicing for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. And God says, Return. I want you back, I want your heart, I want your devotion. Because I have got so much of my devotion that I'm longing to pour out on you. But you're busy, you're distracted, you're caught up. The believers return to the apostles' teaching. Now what does that mean in our context? Yes, the teaching that happens here from the front, yes. And can you find teaching somewhere else? Of course you can. There's loads of brilliant teaching out there in the internet world. Fantastic teaching. And if you want a particular um, Bible exposition of maybe a particular passage or a particular book, definitely go out there. Because with greatest respect to all the people that stand up here, you can probably find a better exposition of Ephesians chapter 2 than we could probably deliver. But do you know what? There are probably better dads in the world than me, without a doubt. But you know what? In my house, at home, I'm, I'm dad. And I'm the only one they've got. That makes me the best one in that house. So you can find better teaching than here, I'm sure. But you know what? This is the best teaching in this house. Not me right now. The, the, this that you get up here. And do you know what? It's because we are in this house to extend house as family into house as a church. And so, yes, there's nothing wrong with finding teaching somewhere else. People would say, oh, the worship, I mean, the worship here, I mean, it can be patchy, you know, sometimes it's great. Sometimes they sing some songs I don't like. I mean, basically what I do is um, I've turned it into an entirely consumerist activity. So I make up a playlist of all the ones that I really like, and then I just basically set them playing. So what I do is I listen to a podcast and then after I've listened to a podcast, I set my playlist going from another church that I've never visited and I'm not a part of and I don't offer anything into them, but basically I treat it like a menu. And the fellowship bit, well, I've got some friends. I mean, fellowship is just like friendship, right? Yes, I mean, I've got some friends and prayer, well, I do that on my own. So we've just managed to bring everything down that God is talking about in returning to something that is entirely individualistic. When God says, absolutely not, you are part of a family, you are part of a community. There is one bugbear, and I, I'm about to hop onto my soapbox. I will be off it within 30 seconds. I'm looking at the time, and I'm off. And it's when people say this, oh, I don't really come on a Sunday Sunday. Um, or I've really stopped going to my... Oh, I don't feel like I get much out of it. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was for you. Still on my soapbox, I've got about 15 seconds left. I tell you what, why don't you put a little ticket on your car. While you're here, we'll go and wash your car for you as well. And we'll send someone around to your house and mow your lawn. I didn't realise we were here to service you. I know it's called a service. But I thought you came to give something. Because that's what we do in families. You come to give Get up 10 minutes earlier. Get a word from God about a lady in, who's wearing pink today who desperately needs a breakthrough. And then get here early and wait out in the car park. 32 seconds, I'm finished. So that's, that's my feeling. Hopefully that's clear. So <laughs> what, are, what are we returning from? Well, in, um, again, apologies, online hosts, uh, Luke 15 Um, Many of you will know um, these bits. It's the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. The parable of the lost son, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there... After he spent everything, comma, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he hired himself out to a citizen of that country, um, couldn't even eat the pig food, eventually came back to dad. Many people will know that story. It's often called the parable of the prodigal son. And I love this translation of this verse. With everything spent and nothing left the son decided to return to the father. And you might say, well, do you know what, Chris? In the last three years, I haven't squandered, I haven't squandered my wealth on wild living. I, I haven't been with a prostitute. I haven't taken drugs. I haven't bowed the knee to television. Or other awkward things. With everything spent and nothing left. All your time, everything spent, and nothing left. And what I love about this, and there's a, an issue for me going on at the moment, this is where this has been so poignant, is the dad doesn't go looking for the son. He just waits. Because love always just releases someone to go. That son had so offended the dad... By asking for his inheritance, it's effectively saying to the dad, you're dead, I want my half now. And the dad didn't go after the son. Instead, he waited. And there's a, I've heard that story told, um, like opened out a little bit more, where um, the message was sent about you'll see a yellow ribbon on the tree and you'll know it's okay to come home. And as the sun approaches, he sees a wash of yellow ribbons all over every tree. And this is what God is like. This is what God is inviting us back. Saying whatever you've been spending your time doing, whatever you've been worrying about, whatever you've been wrestling through, whatever you've been spending your time and your energy and your money on, return, come back. Keep it simple. Find Your devotion in me. Yesterday, we had um, a key leaders away day, as it's been mentioned. We didn't go very far. We came just about here. Um, um, And we finished the day by... (laughs) We had some pizzas from a company called Fire Away. They're very good, by the way. Highly recommended. And we always try and shop local if we can. And we had a Fire Away pizza box, and it was useful because we put the pizza box in the middle and we said, this is fire. This is the fire of God's presence. And I said to everyone, you want to imagine that this room is grey, this room is dark, and there is this burning, searing heat fire in the middle. Most, most of us love fire, right, don't we? No firemen in here, they don't so much. But um, anyway, even firemen actually often do. But um, but you, you've got that searing fire in the middle and it provides... There's such a glow on your face and the warmth, that weird thing where you get really hot on one side and you're really cold on the other and you know you have, to, you have to turn around to reheat the other side, that thing. There's something just so wonderful about the focal point of a fire. It's something so wonderful about how it gives light, but it also gives heat and it gives comfort. And yes, it's a focal point and God's presence is like that. Now, I know God lives on the inside of us. If people have said yes to him, he comes and lives on the inside of you. I know that. No one picture is complete. But I think God is saying, come back to the fire. Return to the fire. Elbow your way past things that are stopping you getting to the fire. And stand in front of the fire. And then when you've stood, kneel for a bit in front of the fire and just return. It is the thing that distinguishes us. Moses had a little bit of a run-in with God and at one point God said, I'm not coming with you anymore. I'm not travelling with you, the Israelites. Speaking to Moses as being the leader of the Israelites at that point. I'm not coming with you. I've had enough of you. I've had enough of your whinging. Instead, I'm going to send an angel with you. Moses said, "Uh uh-uh. If you don't come, I'm not going. Brave. I like that. God liked it too. I love the fact that Moses fought for that. And this is what Moses said. If we don't have your presence, nothing distinguishes, distinguishes us from any other people. And as Ashavinia, we do some fantastic stuff in this community. But without God's presence, we're just a charity. And we are not just a charity. We bring the fire that is in the middle of the room. We bring that fire that burns in our hearts to every situation we step into. And God says, return, fan the flames, push the other things aside, get some of the wet leaves off, turn the burner up, whatever analogy you want. Feel the warmth of God's affection on your face. He says, come back. Let's pray. Then we're just going then we're going to worship. Father, we want to live lives. In fact, let's stand, can we? If you can stand, let's stand. Maybe just if you feel comfortable doing it, just put your hands out as if you're receiving a gift. You can shut your eyes and then you won't notice anyone looking at you or otherwise. We can live lives, Father. We long to that are devoted that are passionate, that are enthusiastic, where God, we feel overwhelmed with you, where people say, Wow, why are you so full of joy, or why are you in tears? And you're like, it's Him. It's who? It's Jesus. We can live lives, God, where we we push other things aside. I'd rather have Jesus than mountains of gold, as that song we sometimes sing. I'd rather have Jesus than all the world. Father, we receive your invitation. It's personalised. Dear Chris, please return. Love, Dad. Dear, whatever your name is, please return.